You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Five, four, three, two, one. Hi, this is the illustrious Michael K. Easton. One, two, three, four, five. This is Jordan Lowe. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis. I'm Cliff Barnes. And Seth's not here again. Still sick. Recovering. I think he got poisoned by kryptonite. I think he got into some bad turkey in at Thanksgiving. <laughs> or wait a minute. He's Captain America's his dude, so... Maybe he's been poisoned by Baron Zemo or something. Sure. <laughs> or frozen so, in. No, but that's what it is. Here. That's the only yeah. Seth has been frozen in ice. He's been <laughs> iced. He got there. <laughs> it took me a while. Oh, uh, so, uh, we are recording on the night of Black Friday. Ooh. We've had darkness all around. I don't think that's what Black Friday is. <laughs> Will the heroes rise to protect the day? Oh, so we've done Thanksgiving. We've had our fill of turkey and mashed potatoes and whatever. So guys, I have a question for you. What do you guys thankful for? Silence. I'm thankful as of recording this podcast now, today, we've put out 80 episodes, okay, of Kapow. Plus, the tw- 20 original episodes Ooh. of the SoPro comics. That's true. So we actually have 100 episodes recorded, edited, and out there for the public to download. In some shy- size, shape, or form. Right. <laughs> They're not all great. Yeah. <laughs> some better than others. <laughs> How do you see this one stacking up? <laughs> <laughs> but if you haven't listened to all... 100 episodes, I would highly encourage you to do that. You should. There's there's something for everyone in one of those episodes. It's, it's a wild ride. Yeah. <laughs> because and especially, I like to go back, because I don't see every movie in the theater. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things, you know, Seth sees opening weekend and we'll talk about. And then, you know, I only see a year later or whatever. And then it's nice to be able to go back and listen, like, oh, what was our opinion on that? Right. And you can, you know, these are archived for all times. Where does that rank on Seth's list of 2016? <laughs> He'll never tell us. <laughs> well, like, Seth went and Seth's watched. really not sick. He's <laughs> trying to edit that podcast <laughs> <laughs> from a year ago. <laughs> Seth went and watched that uh, movie, My Friend Dahmer. Is that a movie that you'd watch? Uh, yeah, I would be interested in that okay. one. A year from now. A year from now, right. When it's on Redbox or Netflix. So, um, but yeah, it's, we've had a lot of, a lot of trials, um, some good, some, it took a while to get through to get to this point though. I mean. And how many locations have we gone through? (laughs) Where have we have and have not recorded at? I'm pretty sure we've covered half of Washington County and maybe a quarter, quarter of Wood County in West Virginia. (laughs) All right, all right. So. So so Jordan. Everywhere I lay my head is my podcast bunker. (laughs) Yeah. Jordan, what are you thankful this season for? I am thankful for all the Jessies out there who give us their time and attention. Anyone who shares it on Facebook and says, hey, check these guys out. They're not too bad. 
any time, if you've rated us five stars on iTunes, any, any tiny inkling of effort, cause I know it's hard. I don't support the things as much as I should yeah. that are out there. So if you've done anything above and beyond, it's great. Cause you know, we're there, we just do this for fun and yeah. you know, it's, it's not a money making endeavor. It's just, it's just, uh, what we enjoy doing. So. Anyone out there who enjoys it along with us justifies us even spending this time. Yeah, so this podcast you. has given us a reason to get together once a week. And talk have a guy's about, night. Yeah, and talk about all this stuff. For me, you know, it's been there's been a lot of stuff that whoever has brought to the table that I've never heard of or I wouldn't have, you know, seeked out to give it a chance. So, and hopefully that's what... Not just Jesse Starcher's doing out there, but all of Jesse Nation, Nation is out there trying to, you know, we're giving them new things to find that's not just pop culture, but maybe just lying right underneath of pop culture. So, yeah, he's thinking. I've heard he, I was vamping he is, while he was thinking. I've heard he's very thankful for uh, the West Virginia Department of uh, Motor Vehicles. <sighs> Before we get into that, <laughs> that's like a, that's a thing. That patented <laughs> Michael sigh. Before, before let me, the drama comes out. Let me start with what I'm thankful for. I am still riding high from, I, for the Justice League movie of finally doing justice to my favorite a superhero. A week later, of all you're time. still, I will on be, that? I'm like good till 2018. Uh, so I I am thankful for I feel like this is acceptance speech. Um, <laughs> I am thankful for my family. I am thankful for my friends. Like all the happy memories that I have that have led up to this moment of even you guys making fun of me. Like I'm even thankful for that. That's what Seth is most thankful for. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> Like I, I can answer for him because I'll admit it. There's times where I've had enough. I don't want to hear. I, I've had enough. I've had enough in here. And there's other times where I can roll with it. But yeah, I am just. I am. I am thankful to still be on this place called Earth. We have yet to give you a reason enough to go back to that other dimension <laughs> and return from which you came. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to episode number 11. A classic. That was the birth of a lot of things. The origin <laughs> of Michael. I'm also, uh, in a broader sense, I am thankful for the era we live. Yes. And that we complain about a lot of stuff. And a lot of stuff sucks. And a lot of stuff should be better. But growing up, being a nerd could be kind of lonely. And trying to find this kind of stuff... Or people who also enjoyed it. It was not easy. And now we have a wealth of material. There's too much to even talk about every week. Yeah. We could do a six yeah. hour podcast for all the nerdy stuff that's out there. <laughs> and to have any kind of audience that wants to hear our opinions on it, that it, you know, connects with us and the things that we love and you know, how much we love Riverdale. If I was, if Riverdale was out and I was in high school, I would not t no. talk to the kid in study hall like, "Hey, duh, you've been watching Riverdale." Like, yeah. that, which team you on? Yeah, that's <laughs> the times have changed, and the the nerdy culture has taken over the world. So, yo, we should all be very thankful that the good very much outweighs the bad right now. Yo, lo, who you shipping? <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, study hall would basically just be us going back and forth of who is shipping who. Wow. It's a great time to be alive. <laughs> it is. Until people don't understand what your name is. Yeah, so what are you going by this week? What According to the state of West Virginia, my name is Michael K.L. Easton. I had the misfortune of having to get my license changed over to the West Virginia. And I don't know if it's this hard when you go to other states like to transfer over into – but they want everything but your firstborn to prove your identity. Like I had to go get my birth certificate, certified copy. I had to have uh, two forms of my address. I had to have all this extra stuff. And they have it broken up into sec- se- yeah, sections. Like first you go up to the information counter and they'll let you know if you have what you need first of all. <laughs> Or what you need to go get. Then you come back to that counter and they verify that you have everything that you need. Then you get a number. Then you go get to sit down for an hour. (laughs) Then you finally get called up to one of 17 or 16 windows. And then the lady is typing, not saying a whole lot. And then she looks down at your address and goes, this isn't going to work. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, this says, uh, this one says down, like DN on my, cause I live in an apartment. This one says down. This one doesn't. They have to be exact. I said, yes, I understand that. I said, but I've had that problem. The down does not show up in the database for the postal office. So sometimes it's on there. Sometimes it's not. She's like, well, this isn't going to work. I'm like, Oh, well, I'm glad I brought extra. Here you go. And then she has the... He was holding it back. (laughs) Then she has the audacity, because I throw down my internet bill. Oh, we can't accept disconnection notices as forms of your address. And I was like, oh, lady, I have disconnection notices, but this isn't one of them. So I went, but I was like, that's my current internet bill. So, So once we get that established... Well, my middle name is Kal-El, and it has the hyphen in it. It's K-A-L hyphen E-L. That's what it says on my birth certificate. That's what it says on my Ohio driver's license. A strange visitor from a different dimension, <laughs> Kal-El Easton. And she's like, well, I don't know if I can put that hyphen in there. And I'm like, well, would that not be the same thing of what you're just yelling at me about my addresses? <laughs> Probably not smart to lip off. To that was a different line. You gotta go to a different line to get the hyphen. The hyphen line. So finally we get through that and she like says, okay, take your number back. I'm like, what? She's like, yes, please have a seat and they'll call you up to take your picture. And I'm like, oh my god. I got here as soon as you guys open so I can make it to work on time. And by this time, almost two hours have passed and I'm texting my boss. Well, just waiting to get my stupid picture right now. I'm almost done. And that's like people's names have hyphens in them. That's it's sure. not it's yeah, not like a, last names. It's not a normal name. Yeah, people have last sure. names that are hyphenated. There are you know Arabic names yep. that have hyphens in them. Not like in the state of West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, that shouldn't be a, like a completely new concept to anybody. So I get my ta- my picture taken, and I have my Please hair. Tell me you had like a the Superman <laughs> t-shirt on underneath. Well, I was you were just waiting for that moment to. I was dressed for Just work. Snap those buttons open, and and it was funny because I look at my picture and I feel like I look like a trucker or something because I have 
my face, my facial hair is the way that I have to have it, and I have this slick back hair. Still up the code. <laughs> still up the code. <laughs> Grab my license. Like I like, she takes my picture. She's like, "Okay, it'll just be another forty-five seconds. You can have your license." So I'm like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be like another ten minutes." Well, she finally calls me up about a minute or two passes. Like, <laughs> grab it, throw it in my wallet, and I go to work. At any point, did you say, "Look, lady, if I can make a marriage certificate, I'm pretty sure I could have had this done." <laughs> I'm an expert what? on legal binding documents. Now, what website can I go get notarized to be an official DMV license stamping? I could have done it. I just didn't have the holographic stamping machine. So anyway, I get to work, and I whip out my license, and I take one look at it, and I'm like, I'm just so aggravated. Because... At work, my nickname is Superman because they heard about my middle name, and I'm like... Oh, they heard. You know that he <laughs> told them. I might have peppered it around the office. So, Wait, did you say how they how how did they misspell it? So I look at my license, and I'm like, they misspelled my middle name. They spelled it K-A-Y, no hyphen, E-L. There is a, spot, there is a space between K and L... Well, I guess in West Virginia, the accent K-L-A is like K-L-A. I guess. K-L-A from Krypton. <laughs> so, stay tuned, true believers, as Michael goes back to the DMV to correct his license on the next episode of Kapow. So, technically, you have your the name you were born with, which you then changed. Correct. And now legally in the state of West Virginia, you're something totally different. I have a third option. Because <laughs> you said not only did they misspell your middle name, they added the second to the end of it. Well, that was going back to the birth certificate because my original name, I was the second. Right. And when they had updated my birth certificate in ohio in ohio they didn't remove the second yeah so i was michael k easton the second well we can't have two michael k easton there's only one baby lord help us all (laughs) so i'm known across many states by many names (laughs) or down at the schwann's uh loading dock they just say hey superman i'm like you called (laughs) speaking of the Fortress of Solitude, where it's mighty cold, the Schwann's freezer is in negative 20 degrees, and I had to spend a night in that freezer, and I will never, ever, ever do that again. Did you wear your Superman pajama onesie? Oh, I wore a lot more than just... I do know that he owns. (laughs) I wore so many layers. I still was cold. I was as cold as Seth's heart. So you say you had to spend the night in, but my first thought is, how did you lock yourself into the freezer? The trials of Superman. It, it was a trial. Like that was a part of my um, Schwann's learning. It was I had to see. They lock you in a freezer. Well, Let's see if he'll survive. <laughs> I, I had to help the night night guy uh, stock all the trailers, and it happened to be a semi night also. So. We were in that freezer for a good two hours, like, as all the product came through on a conveyor-type yeah. system. And mm-hmm. then we had to put it away where it went 
then we got to go out of the freezer for a little bit, and then we had to go back in and, and take it all out where you just put it in. Yes, and stack it on all these trays to go in the trucks. So all you people out there who enjoy delicious Schwann's food delivered straight to your door, think about the hardworking people that spend all night in a freezer to bring it to you, and the people in the truck that work just as hard. This episode not brought to you by Schwann's. <laughs> Uh, All right, what do we want to talk about tonight? Where where to start? Give us a category. Animation. (laughs) I heard TV. That's never happened before. (laughs) I think I heard comic Uh, books. Somebody uh, said comic uh, books. uh, Animation. You got anything? <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind. No, no, no. Wait uh, a minute. Um, Stretch Armstrong in the uh, we were talking about it coming to Netflix at some point. Yeah. There is an it's already on there. There's a cartoon. What? It's Stretch Armstrong in the flex team or something or fit team or something. He's got two buddies that also have. Stretch power. Stretch power? Yeah. One can like plastic man and elongated man. Yeah. What fantastic. One can I feel like it reminds me of the old uh, Impossibles cartoon. Like where they had like fluid man and um oh multiple man and uh I the Springer. It's old Hanna Barbera cartoon. You guys don't know this? No. No? It's in the um that was in the Mandela universe. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Oh, Anyway, uh, one guy like can grow his arms real big and his feet real big, and the other guy can like. Fly. Are we talking about the new cartoon or the old cartoon? The new car- the okay. Stretch Armstrong cartoon. Oh, okay. Have you watched it? I watched part of the first episode. Oh. Okay, is it better than like Jaden so Smith? That's better than yes. Okay. Oh yeah, anything's better than that. So it's on Netflix yeah. now currently. Yep. Okay, yep. check it out. Um, speaking of Netflix. Right before uh, I came down to record tonight, my daughter was watching this movie, on, an animated movie on Netflix. And it was called Nine. Oh, so, yeah. So I was watching a little bit of it. I'm not real sure what was happening, but the animation was kind of gnarly. Like It's almost like stop motion, but CGI at yes, the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Um, but I didn't quite get all the plot. There's these little... They're, like homemade dolls and apparently they were made by humans and given life somehow i re- kind of it's an older movie i like i kind of remember it but i don't but, it didn't do much at the yeah. box office i think it's become more of a cult thing okay. but is that i thinking it's from the same people that did is it uh Corlin, Corlin or corella or coraline something? coraline yeah i, I figured we would get there eventually <laughs> The big Corellian ship. <laughs> um, but yeah, what well, kind of a dark? It kind of well, kind of a goth kind of. Yeah, cartoon. I was walking through and I, I thought she was watching like, like a Marilyn, the Box Man- Trolls. A Marilyn Manson video. No, no. 
Um, it kind of looked like the box trolls, if you've seen that one from, uh, I don't know, a few years ago. But I kind of sat down and I was like, what is this? And she proceeded to kind of explain it to me. She had watched it before, but the dolls are all, there's, they have like numbers, they don't have names. There's like nine, seven, seven, eight, nine, two, five, one. I don't, but, um, yeah, so anyways, it, it, it looked like it was interesting. Um, so. I think it was pretty good. I'm just, I'm a little worried when Seth's not here, we just have to talk about a movie I saw two minutes of, <laughs> I know nothing about that may be interesting. <laughs> That's, uh, that's how we're kicking this one off. Yeah. I'm a little worried. We got nowhere to go. <laughs> My daughter liked it. Yeah. I'm a 10 year old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't have the, I don't have the breakdown that Seth usually has. I watched 15 minutes of it. It seemed okay. <laughs> I kind of recommend it. Yeah. yeah. You like numbers and robots. <laughs> and gnarliness. <laughs> So yeah, this weekend as we record right now, Coco just opened, the newest Pixar movie that I was going to bring up before Cliff could. I know I'm not supposed to love music. No music. No music. (laughs) But my great-grandma Coco's father was the greatest musician of all time. Papa Ernesto de la Cruz. One day, he left with his guitar. And never returned. No, my family thinks music is a curse. Great great grandfather, none of them understand me. I'm supposed to play music. All right. So we're assuming a huge weekend blockbuster, critically yeah. acclaimed run on this. So absolutely, people should check this one out for sure. For sure, it's getting rave reviews, um, especially in the Disney Pixar community, just from the fan fan sites out there. Um, Typical Pixar, highly emotional. Um, we haven't seen it yet. I'm sure we'll probably talk about it a little bit. I'm, I know that I'll go see it at some point this week. So, but yeah, the merchandising, as expected, pretty heavy. D- Disney's putting out. Um, I had seen that when we were actually uh, my last trip to Disney World over in Epcot in the Mexican Pavilion. When, when we were in there at the end of September, we noticed all the all the display cases had been emptied out which normally is all about the history of mexico and the people that type of thing there's some artifacts the artwork shortly after we were there they had replaced all started replacing them with all the mexican day of the dead merchandise and some cocoa stuff um t-shirts and shirts and masks and stuff like that which i thought it's about time they've you know it's they feature some reference in the ride that's featured in that exhibit. So, but yeah, definitely check out Coco. Um, looks like it's going to be another classic Pixar. Now there was some confusion. Was there another movie kind of similar? That was about like the Day of the Dead, or it was set in Mexico. They're the un- they go yeah. to the underworlds. I, I know some people have been confused because I've it's, seen people in that movie out already. Yeah, it, it came out. At, I want to say it's been like a year or so ago. Um, Life, I think it was called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, I don't know the animation studio. I don't know if it was a DreamWorks or... It was not Illu- Disney, apparently. Illumination <laughs> or or who did that, but yeah, one of those. Which, and it wasn't... It looked... I remember seeing the preview for it. It looked fine, but I'd never really heard a buzz or anything about it. So if you have to choose just one... Mexican Day, Mexican of, the- Day of the Dead kids <laughs> movie... Go see Coco. Pick Coco. (laughs) 
And speaking of the Disney, we had uh, Big Hero 6 premiered on the Disney Channel. The, car- oh, yeah, the cartoon version. Yeah, the series is out. I haven't watched it yet. I though. just, I caught it this weekend. I don't know when it premiered, but it was on, it was an hour long, basically first episode. It called, it was like the return of Baymax. So I assumed it was the yeah. first episode. So now, I watched a little bit of it just to get the flavor. Does the animation style follow that of the rest of them that are out right now? Like, Avengers well, I mean, Guardians? It's, it's 2D. Yeah. It's 2D. Um, well, I mean, like the styling, like, cause they've kind of followed the line of like, Started with Avengers and like the Guardians is in the exact same style of, mm-hmm. as the Avengers. Is it similar to that? Yeah, a little bit. It has that not quite anime feel where things are, the lines are very slick yeah. and the action's pretty good. But it, yeah, it doesn't have the, you know, the movie version was the, you know, 3D, you know, right. CGI kind of film, but. And I'm a big fan of Big Hero 6. Um, I, we highly enjoyed that movie. My daughter cried. Um, she ran out of the room the first on the first viewing. She couldn't handle the the ending, and uh, she thought that Baymax was gone forever, uh, and was like, "I'm done. I can't watch it anymore." <laughs> I was like, "Just come back. You know, it's gonna be fine." She gets that from your wife, where she won't watch the whole movie. Right? <laughs> she just stops halfway through. Like, I'm done. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> so, but yeah, definitely. Um, one of my favorites in the last few years. And it looked, the show looked high quality. I mean, it looked. You know, and on it par. amazes me on how well, not just Disney Animation Studios, but just the, the Disney company has done when they, when they have dipped a toe into that superhero stuff. You know, The Incredibles. The Incredibles 2 is coming out next year. We just got our first teaser trailer for it. But how well they have done some of the superhero stuff. It's original. Um, for the most part, and it's a complete story. You can't really pick it apart a whole lot. I mean, they're just there's so much in that superhero stuff. Every time something new comes out, we compare it to something old. And I don't feel like we do that a lot with with the uh, with with the Disney latest iterations. Even Big Hero Six being based on a comic book that almost nobody ever heard of, but and it was completely different. Right, right. They but, really improved it. I'm still angry over Avengers Earth Earth's Mightiest Heroes cartoon version of them ending that and then starting up the Avenger cartoon. That was yeah. so much better. Which is a problem Disney XD has. Yeah. And so we didn't get much of the Incredibles two. Do we know anything more about the plot? We just kind of got. Jack has a lot of power. A funny yeah. little scene. <laughs> yeah, Jack Jack has um, laser eyes. We know he can um, he can change shape. And, uh, he can turn to fire and all kinds of stuff. And, and it's funny because I, I kind of forgot, you know, it's been so long since I've watched Incredibles, but at the end of Incredibles, we know that Jack-Jack has powers, but his parents do not know that. Yeah. So this is, you know, obviously his Mr. Incredible discovering that Jack-Jack has powers and being really excited about it. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing that, like, cause that makes it seem like it's, takes place right after the first yeah. movie where mm-hmm. I wish there would be a little bit of time between because we've had what 12 years yeah but um, I mean whatever yeah whatever it'll be good it'll be great we'll love it absolutely no capes <laughs> all right give us another category um streaming streaming don't cross the streams cross the streams it's 
Thanksgiving weekend, and we got a present. They when, announced the Mystery Science Theater 3000 oh. has been renewed for a 12th season. Yay! <laughs> they always, back in the day, they did their Turkey Day Marathon, where all day long they would run episodes on the you know, Sci-Fi Channel or Comedy yeah. Central, whatever whatever uh, network it was on at that time. But now they, they stream them for 24 hours. And at the end of the 24 hours, they, they came on live and announced they were renewed. So we're going to get new episodes of Mystery Science Theater on Netflix at some point. Now, did you ever watch, like, the Rift Tracks? Like, the off... I don't know no, if... Was Rift Tracks have. before or after? After. After? Yeah. Well, they're, they're showing the... Or all of them are on um, Amazon. And occasionally when I don't have anything to watch, I've caught a few of them. Now, see, I didn't think they were allowed to market them as... The movie, that's why they did it as a separate audio track, because they didn't have the rights to use the movie. So you can just go click and the movie's on there with the... Yeah, well, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure it says Riff Tracks and then it says whatever the movie title is. Mm. But I was told specifically that there is one movie that I... And see, I just drew a blank. Um, dang it. <laughs> uh, the guy that sings Thank You, Break Your Heart. Um... William Cyrus. Yes, Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> there, evidently, there's a movie that he starred in that is one of the Rift Track movies, and it's supposed to be phenomenally hilarious. But the one that I have actually watched was they did Vanilla Ice's... Um, oh. To the Extreme? No, there was a movie he had... Um, I just remember a line, drop the zero and get with the hero. But it's so phenomenally bad. Like, like cool as ice or something? Yeah, cool as ice, yeah. Because yeah. okay. in the beginning, that's the whole scene. He's dancing and they're singing cool as ice. And this <laughs> whole... I, there's a lot of stuff I don't know in this world. <laughs> but these are the things I do know. I can pull that out of somewhere. This movie is so horribly acted and it's so bad. And, like, they make this movie, the Rift Tracks guys make this movie a thousand times better. Like, a couple of times my wife walks in the room and, like, what are you watching? Like, oh, my God, this is so hilarious. <laughs> it is really – but I would definitely check it out. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, the big thing on Netflix this past week was The Punisher. I was going to say inner um, shotgun sounds or Berettas yeah. or – Yeah, the latest – Netflix Marvel spinoff series has come to pass. 13 episodes. Who's winning the race? Here he comes. Here comes Binge Racer. He's a demon online. He's a demon and he's gonna be streaming something tonight. He's off and flying as he streams a show all night and day. He's jamming down the pedal like he's in a TV race. Go Binge Racer! Go Binge Racer! Go, go Binge racer. racer! Go Binge Racer! Go! Go Binge Racer! Go! How many have you watched? Have you watched any? I've, I've, I finished it in a day. Oh, Give him the trophy, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I've watched, I think I've watched three or four episodes. Oh wow. And like I fell asleep maybe during the fifth one. Like, it was, it's where they're in the, um, forest. Mm-hmm. Like he's like finding his in buddy. He's, yeah, yeah. He went to go I, get Gunner. I fell asleep during part of it, okay. and I woke up to them in the the forest. I really thought everybody would be done with it. I really did. I just haven't had time. 
and I don't know that Seth will watch it because he's not big on the Netflix series, but I actually, um, as I was watching it, I got so far into it and it's, I had to, me- I had to Facebook message Jesse Starcher. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. Because he's pretty much the only Punisher fan I know. Street level starch? That's right. And ask him, I had to ask him, I can pull it up, but I said, is this any good as I'm watching it? Because I can't decide if I like it or not. <laughs> I need a podcast to tell me what I like. <laughs> That's right. Um, it's not my thing. It really, I didn't care much for it. I thought I was going to like it. I, I like the actor. We have an established character from Daredevil season two, which I liked him in Dare. I liked the interaction with Daredevil in season two, um, and how he fit into that story. But this one just did not do it for me at all. I, I don't, and, and I asked Jesse, I said, I don't know how accurate to the comics or the character this series is. I couldn't tell you. I have no idea what I'm watching. I feel that it's a fairly accurate portrayal of the character from the comics with updated references because I think when originally it was, he was in the Vietnam War and then okay. his, yeah. but his family was murdered. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking in the comic. The basic origin yeah. story is the same. Very similar. But there's nothing heroic about this character to me. This is just a straight vengeance. I'm going to go and kill everybody's story. See, this is so weird for me right now because I didn't think I was going to like this at all, but I love it. Like, I am so by the book. I love my brightly colored heroes. Yeah. But I thought the Punisher is such one-dimensional type character. Mm-hmm. But I felt like they really fleshed him out with this season. And I don't know that I the, felt that way, though. The, I felt it was this guy. He has a single mission. He cares about nothing else or no one else. Uh-huh. And I I understand they tried to show that, oh, he really does care and he is a real person. But I didn't. Ultimately, I didn't get that at all. And see, I like even thought the introduction of Micro into it like made it so much better. I thought that was the only good part of the show. Yeah. That character was entertaining to me. He had depth. Um, There was a story there that I was not familiar with. And he's, you know... Now, I do... I will say I'm like... I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure that... I understand. You haven't watched it to completion. Hit the, the, mic, the micro character is completely different from the character in the comics. Now, when I was talking back and forth briefly with Jesse, Jesse said he found it interesting, um, the introduction of, of the character micro, because he wasn't familiar with how they knew each other or how they came to be partners or whatever, that type of thing. Um, but altogether, it just, it was, it's going to sound silly, but it was too violent. Um, there were, there were several moments at the end where I had to physically, I had to turn my head. And I mean, like, I didn't, like, I just went, I was like, nope, I, I'm not, I can't Oh, he's watch definitely that. violent. Like, I mean, I won't say that. But I'm much. usually good with, 
I have a thing. I don't watch procedural dramas. I my wife will tell you I do not watch a hospital show. Yeah, I can't handle it. I don't like watching surgery. It will make me sick. Violence normally does not bother me because uh, something in my brain separates the two as violence and like medical stuff. Yeah. I don't like medical stuff. Um, violence I can usually handle, but I had to physically like. My wife will probably, she actually walked in the room late one night as I was finishing uh, off the the series, and I was, I had my head turned, was not looking at television. <laughs> you just hear a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, nope, I'm, no, I'm out. Now, like the, the movies, like the Thomas Jane movie, they like had the crazy over-the-top violence, but it was a little bit cartoony. Yeah, yeah. And then the second one... Which I thought was good. And I had super violence, yeah. even yeah. more violence, and was a little less cartoony. So, did they, did they, did they go toward villain territory, or were, were you asked to think of him as a hero, or, or was it more black and white, or I mean more gray area between the two? To um, me, to me, they nailed the character Punisher. He's a hardcore character. Like, cause with all these shows and series, and like, to me, like, it always goes back to the original character. Do they get him right? And I think they get him right perfectly to T. I don't know the like, original character. Early on, like there, it is very like because it's funny because I was talking to Christy about it. She's like, "Is it graphic?" And I'm like, I started to say no, and then I was like, "There's some very graphic parts of it." <laughs> like, there's a scene early on with sledgehammers that is brutal, mm-hmm. but I loved it. Like, it's so it's so weird for me to admit to this, but. There was a lot of stuff that I really loved because I thought it really dwelled into this is a man that fought for his country and totally got screwed. And he wants justice. And This is a man who the story takes you down. He was a soldier who did what he was told. Yeah. And found out he was told for the Yeah. Cause he listened. That's fine. That's fine. Just as a series whole, I didn't, you know, it was very much like the Nolan Batman. He he speaks in a very, you know, low, gravelly voice for the most part when he is, you know, quote, the Punisher. And that's another thing. He only wears the Punisher gear. In the very beginning. In like two scenes. For the rest of the the entire 13 episodes, um, it's just him in like a hoodie. Yeah. Well, it's weird. It's kind of like a backwards story. Like again, I haven't finished. And it that wasn't. But you're right. It is because I felt like we had an origin story from Daredevil season yeah. two. Why are we? Why are we going back and rehashing the whole damn thing again? I think because that was that part was so popular in this series that they said, okay, well let's breathe. Let's do it again, but we'll change it. Let's give it some more <laughs> air to breathe. But I like. I think it makes to me like it. Gives more um, gravitas to the character of who he is, why he is the way he is, and what he's doing. And like to this point, my favorite scene is him interacting with Micro, and he says because they're kind of fighting with each other to they're on the same side. But my favorite scene is where they're, Micro's trying to get him to join up to his side, and he says, "I'm sorry, I'm kind of spoiling it a little bit for Jordan, but I just he just goes." Okay, I'll do this, but one thing, we kill him. And I was like, because this is 
a man that the system has failed repeatedly to do right by him, and he's done. He's had enough. And I know that there's people in this world that has like, please don't go do anything bad. But I'm just saying there's people out there that has just had enough. Like they tried to do the, re- the right thing so many times and gotten screwed for it. And he just says, that's it. I'm doing it my way. Either join me or not. Well, yeah, the Punisher has always been kind of a div- divisive character. And there are people who can't be fans of him because they couldn't, you know, abide his morality. And there's the people who are like, yeah, kill them all. But somewhere in the middle of that, you should ask yourself, am I rooting for this guy for the right reason or the wrong reason? Like, do I really buy his view of things? Like, the best Punisher should make you question if he's doing the right thing or the wrong thing. Is he a hero or villain? And I, yeah, I, I haven't read a ton of Punisher. He's not my favorite character, but they, you know, when they do it right, he is that character that you should be afraid of. Yeah. And he's just a force of nature and he's going to get the mission done hell or high water. And the new series they just launched, the Marvel Legacy book, the renumbered issue 218 or whatever, mm-hmm. they've changed the numbering. They put him in the war machine suit. Right. And that's the big, he's on the cover Ooh. wearing the, he's in the armor with a skull on it. And it's like, that's kind of cool, but it also could be very stupid. That's scary. Yeah. So I, I read that one like, okay, let's see what this is. And it was really well done. And the, there's an essay in the back by the writer. And he says, I grew up reading Punisher. I had a Mike Zek Punisher poster on my wall that my mother begged me to take down. Like, I loved the Punisher as a kid. And then I grew up and thought a little deeper and thought, this isn't for me. Like, this is not a mm-hmm. great character. And then later in life, he came back to it with the Garth Ennis run where he was a more complex yeah. character. And he said, yes, this is exactly right. So this writer is kind of doing the best, you know, to me, the Punisher, you don't follow him home and watch him make eggs in the morning. Like, he, you don't, he, you just, he just shows up when stuff's about to go down and he just doesn't stop until the last bullet's fired. Like, to me, that's the right way to do the Punisher. And that's what I was hoping from this show. I don't need his home life and, and the, all the mm-hmm. extenuating circumstances. You just want to see, you know, the machine that he's become that he's been turned into. Yeah, because I feel like half the series are these <clears throat> flashbacks. Of him, these dreams he's Over having. in Kandar, I think they said. Well, no, no, no. The just city of Kandar. The, he's, yeah. Not Kandor. <laughs> Kandar. <laughs> Freniac comes down, and he's... The Punisher has to save everybody by killing them. Uh, <laughs> just picking up Seth Slack, sorry. Uh, Afghanistan. No, there's these weird flashbacks with his dead wife, and he's dreaming every day. Oh yeah, he says he does. He has nightmares constantly. It just I could see where that like if you're not into gore, this is not a show for you. <laughs> yeah, but that's how we've always like how you like Marvel, and you and I like DC more right. because Marvel's heroes have always kind of been grounded in reality. And if we want to go down the road of okay. If this was reality, this would be the closest thing to reality is the Punisher type character. He's going after the villains that use the law in their favor. Like they twist the law, the law. They have all the greedy lawyers that get them out of everything that, you know, if you're a policeman, a detective or someone on the street that you're constantly going after this guy and he's just getting out of it because he has friends in high places there's no end. He put, he is the end. Like the Punisher is going after those people. 
So what did we think of Bernthal? Did he pull it off the role? Like it or hate it? Did, did, was he a good I actor? don't like that actor, but I think he phenomenally nailed it. I still see Shane from The Walking really? Dead. <laughs> nah. He's, he's God um, the Punisher. So if this is the definitive Punisher character that I know nothing about other than this series, it did nothing for it. It really made me not want to watch the next Marvel Netflix series. See, I thought it was as good as the first season of Daredevil. No, absolutely no. not. <laughs> not even well, close. Jordan, where are you at in the series of... Uh, I finished Jessica Jones. Did we ever talk about that? <laughs> How long ago? <laughs> many, many months ago. Yeah. Now, I read, there was an article on the AV Club with John Bernthal. They do a series called Random Roles, where they go through your history as an actor and ask you about these old movies you've done. And it was a great interview. It made me like this guy a whole lot more. The way he talks about, oh, I've been really lucky to work with this guy, and I made great friends on this set with these guys. Like, he seems like a real hardworking guy. He's not Hollywood in any way. He really appreciates all the, the breaks he's had and all the people who've helped him out. So he seems like a really great guy. And he thinks a lot about these characters. And he was talking about he didn't know if he wanted to be the Punisher because he saw that kind of one-dimensional mm-hmm. thing and he didn't want to just be, you know, the ruthless killer. But he said they gave him the script for Daredevil and – and I haven't watched Daredevil season two, but he says there were two scenes in there. One is he's by the gravestones and he kind of has a breakdown. And the other scene, there's the famous prison scene where just yeah. brutal. And he said, seeing both those scenes in there gave me like the moral compass of this guy that he has this point here and that point there. And he's somewhere he can go to either extreme where he still has that love of family or he can switch it off and just become inhuman and do horrible things. So that gave Which, him the confidence to want to tackle this yeah, role. Yeah, and, and they try and tackle that by... He's trying to go through a sort of a therapy in this, in this series. Where he's trying to deal with everything that happened, that happened to him, that he did, uh, mostly. But, I don't... I, I think for me, it just got, for me, and I know everybody's probably going to love the series or whatever. Everyone's going to disagree. It's, it's just wasn't, he wasn't a heroic character at all to me. Um, you know, every, a lot of his motivation is very selfish. It's just getting back at people. And, and that's just not what, that's not what I read. That's not what I like. And especially in a hero. The one thing that this show does very well is it brings to life what our armed forces deal with on a daily basis. Of It showcases the people going through PTSD and them trying to get readjusted to home life versus their life over there and what they've had to deal with. Like that is def- – like I mean at least the episodes that I've seen, that is definitely very front and center. Well, that's another thing he said in the interview that he took it very seriously – how soldiers would react to this because Punisher is a big character. Like you see pictures of guys overseas and they paint the Punisher skull on their helmets or on their, on their Humvee. Like Punisher is a character big in military and law enforcement. Like these guys gravitate to this character. And he said he took it very seriously not to portray, Oh, I'm a psycho ex soldier. Like he wanted the, the mental health struggles to be real 
and the problems they have getting help. Like he wanted, he wanted to be very respectful to the veteran community, which I liked. And then he said the other thing he, he worried about when they premiered on Daredevil, he was working with one group of writers and directors and then now he's on Punisher and there's a whole different showrunner, different writers. And he said he was very protective of the character. He realized, you know, it's me on screen and I have to keep a continuity. So he, he said he'd never done that in any of his other roles, like speaking up, like, no, nope, Frank wouldn't do that. And like taking ownership of this character. So he, he is fully invested into this. He wants to do it right, as right as possible. So I, I, even if you're maybe not looking forward to the show or didn't enjoy it, I, I at least give him credit for really fully committing to this. Yeah, and and there is a, you know, they did a whole arc, and there's several different characters who aren't, who are all at different stages or different positions, um, dealing with all of that stuff. And you know, and I don't want to spoil too much, but in a, you know. Just from my perspective, that's not something I can relate to. I haven't been through any of that, you know, so I can't, I'm not going to highly criticize that. I wasn't a soldier, I wasn't in the army, I'm not a cop, nothing like that. Um, So I'm looking at it as a more of a continuation of this Marvel Universe story that Netflix has been telling than as a singular thing. I, I just thought it it veered too far off of what we've been doing for me. Well, all right. We got, well, that brought us down. Yeah. Justice Cliff, League rocks. Cliff, Cliff hates the Punisher. <laughs> I, I give it two, two nines in the sky. What if it was uh wild dog or vigilante or one of those DC gun toting fellas? Uh, again, those aren't anything I read. So, <laughs> All right, we better jump to TV. We got a lot of TV to talk about, right? TV! Hello, Dolores. What the hell is a sticky maple? Run, fairy, run. That's what I do. I drink, and I know things. Go get him, Supergirl. Well, what's this guy look like, anyway? Oh, he's a little guy, kind of funny looking. Uh-huh. In what way? Oh, just in a general kind of way. Exterminate! Little pig, little pig! Let me in. These violent delights have violent ends. That's what she said. Groovy. Riverdale. Uh, <laughs> we can't talk about Riverdale when yeah, Seth's that's, not that's here. Seth's not here. We, we don't he want is to. our Riverdale guru. It's always good. Um, well, Walking Dead. We'll jump from John Bernthal right to The Walking Dead. Uh, I don't watch the show. I don't, I've quit watching it. Like last show, that last episode I remember was when they were in the um, uh, train. <laughs> well, this may bring you back. They just announced they're well. They announced a while back at a different Comic Con they're going to have a crossover between Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking, the Walking Dead. Dead. They had yeah. hinted at that for a while, but we don't know which character it is. Isn't so it Fear of the Walking Dead like it's a prequel to the Walking Dead? Yeah. Right. It started Kinda. like right at the outbreak. Yeah. But so at some Comic Con they announced this will be either in Fear's fourth season or Walking Dead's ninth season, but they are definitely doing it, which they almost have to do it during Fear. What season are they in? The eighth for Walking Dead. Yeah, it'll it'll be out that long. Yeah, it'll be in the upcoming season. I feel like this is a total 
We need to boost our ratings on Fear of the Walking Yeah, so it'll be on Fear. Whatever happens, mm-hmm. it'll be on Fear. But just this morning, as of our recording date, it'll be this will be out of date by the time it comes out. Yeah. But I want to tell you guys at least. AMC tweeted this morning they're going to reveal which character bridges the two shows during Talking Dead oh. after this weekend's episode. <laughs> Hardwick. So you have to tune in to Chris Hardwick and the Talking Dead. To find out, they're going to tell you which character it is crossing over. So that will have already happened by the time. But does anyone have a guess? Do we want to know who's who's bridging the Whose two worlds? Story it will be. Does anyone care at all? <laughs> well, I've only Not seen. Really. I think the first season of Fear. I don't know if I've ever even. This seen is the like in Mexico, season. right? What what episode? What season are they on now for Fear? Uh, third. They'll be going third? into the fourth season. I think I might have watched part of two. I think I dropped off. I don't think I watched So I, I'm no help on either of those shows. It'll be like they brought back the guy from season one on this episode. Right, this season, right. The guy that... Morales. Morales, yeah. who left the group, and they brought him back. as like, that would be a great shocking moment. It's like, no one remembers that, yeah. dude. Now, I have to admit, The Walking Dead was... My wife, at first, wanted nothing to do with Walking Dead. I was very excited. And you have to keep turning your head. You yes, and I had to keep turning my head not so I couldn't tell what was going on. <laughs> I missed half the episodes with my head turned. No, I was very excited about the series coming out. I had read some of the trade, a lot of the trades, and so eventually after the first season, she came around and went and gave it a second shot, and she we we sat down where we rewatched the entire first season. And ever since then, it's been our Sunday night thing to do. It, after um, Game of Thrones goes off, we transition normally in the last few years into The Walking Dead and watch it. Um, but I have to admit that the last this pretty much this entire season, I like I'm behind. I'll, I catch a little bit here and there, and in fact, this last week's episode. I was like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed. I think she stayed up and finished it because it was like an hour and a half or an hour and 20 yeah, minutes. Yeah, so this an extra long one. I watched maybe 30 minutes of it, and I was like, I'm done. I'm out. Ever since the trash people that forgot how to speak English, like well, that next week's, really turned the series for me. This week's episode, he's going back to the trash people <laughs> to try to negotiate. Come on. But I yeah, can wait this... for like a fraggle to pop out of there. <laughs> Flaggle! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't see myself quitting this show. I, I complain about it all the time, yeah. but I'm too invested. I'll, I'll stick it out through the end. Like, but. I really didn't want to, but it just kinda ha- I'm like, I haven't quit, but I'm just, I'm not keeping up. I'm not going back. I haven't went back so far. So maybe I'll get some time around Christmas where I can go back and watch. So this episode, just a quick little recap. We got, we finally got some scenes with Gabriel and Negan stuck in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And we got a little depth from Negan. We got a little bit of, uh, he let the mask down a little bit because Gabriel wants to take his confession and if right. they're, they think they're going to die. And so Gabriel's taking his mission. He thinks he's going to, He's there for a reason that Negan yeah. needs to get something off his chest or Negan needs to, he needs to change Negan's mind, something. So all we've gotten ever is the swaggering, leaning, oh, I'm Negan. But this, this, 
<laughs> made, like, made sound like a muppet or something. <laughs> Fraggles! <laughs> hey guys, I used to Fraggles before you see Um. <laughs> so, this was probably Jeffrey D. Morgan's best acting on this show. But, uh, yeah, the plot surrounding it all is a little, still a little bit of nonsense. Um, and I've got a recommendation for a new series. I found another odd show on an odd channel, Pop TV, the network. Does anyone oh, even I heard of that? Yeah, I've, I've heard, of, heard of this because Christy, like, pulled up a show on there that she was watching for a couple episodes. Right, there's a show called Hot Date. Okay. And I had seen a few little commercials for it and didn't think anything of it. And there was, it was plastered on these websites leading up to it, the premiere. There was an ad every, you scroll down every two inches that would pop up and it was just really annoying me. But I saw it all. Like, like, I'm going to click on it. <laughs> I'm like, when it was on that night, the advertising worked. I recognized the name. Yeah. like, oh, that show. But I recognized the actors. I'm like, oh, that's Emily and Murph. Who, when, let's circle back to Adam Ruins Everything, on the first season of that, they were kind of the recurring characters that they used to do all these things. So in the first episode, uh, Emily and Murphy get engaged so he ruins weddings and then they think they're pregnant so he ruins pregnancy and he he <laughs> she's a teacher so he goes to her school and they're doing like drug education so these are kind of recurring characters used on this show to you know build a whatever and i thought why why would these both these actors move to a different it's not a spin-off i was just very confused <laughs> why two actors from a different show on a different network would go somewhere else turns out they are a married couple and like a writing team, writing partners, and they both started on College Humor. Adam Ruins Everything started as a bit on College Humor, and then this Hot Date show was this couple on College Humor, and I realized we've all seen one of their episodes. It went viral. It was called Adult Disney Fans Are Weird. Okay. I'm sure everyone on the planet tagged you oh, in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're out to eat and they get a yeah. vacation. It's like, let's go to Europe. We have to uh, go to Disney World. You mean Epcot. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I knew you'd seen, I knew you'd seen <laughs> that bit. So it's that couple and that was their college humor show, Hot Date. Gotcha. So now they've picked up, uh, Will Arnett is one of the producers. They've turned it into a TV show and each episode so far has been kind of based around a theme and it's this married couple. And trying to get out in the world. and But every other character on the show, they play them. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of different characters that they play as well on the show. And the humor is just really odd. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's funny. The first episode is about the double standard, men and women. So they, they're standing in line to get into a club. And he's wearing like cargo shorts and t-shirt. And she's dressed on the nines. He's like, we're going to get in this club when you're with you dressed like that. He's like, oh, that's why I brought a shirt. And he pulls it out of his pocket. He pulls out a dress shirt. He's like, nobody cares how the guy looks. So they get to the front of the line. And the guy's like, look at you with your bare legs. What are you doing? He's like, she's wearing a dress. You can see her legs too. He's like, she shaves lotions and does squats and tries to, you know, look at your leg. You got band-aids hanging off of them. So basically the whole thing of men take no care yeah. whatsoever. Women have to take hours and hours to get up the par. I don't know what you're talking about. When I go out, I put on my sexy pants. (laughs) So they come back later and she's carrying like a recycling bag, like a, you know, uh, like a grocery bag Mm -hmm. and they won't let her in because she's like, ma'am, you can't bring your groceries in here. It's like, no, I just, I need my ID and I need my this. So she has a whole bag full of stuff and they won't let her in for a reason. So by the end of the night, they're determined to get in this club 
and she's like walking hell bent, like her feet are bleeding because she's been in high heels on like, and she's carrying her, uh, her her ID and her credit cards. Like I'm I'm walking in with cards in my hands, like I'm the X Men Gambit, and we're getting in this club. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure I'm not explaining it very well, but it's it was a very funny show. Sounds entertaining. I enjoyed it. TV. <laughs> you watched all your CW shows. Try, oh, the last episode of Supergirl was introduction of Monel back with an inter- and yeah, the introduction of the Legion of superheroes hidden in pods. But did we ever talk about the episode before that where it did like the retro tale of them? No, we are too behind. No, you're talking about the Midvale. Yeah, episode, the Midvale episode, which I did watch. Yeah. That that was the first episode I've watched all year. I swear to God that that was a like. They wanted to you see. Mean you swear to Rao? Yes, I swear to Rao <laughs> that they wanted to see if that would work as a spinoff of the adventures of her younger. I thought I thought out. it was Riverdale infecting everyone. I did too. Where it's a small yeah. town murder yeah. mystery, We've like they're the trying to be Riverdale. Yeah. yeah, but I just I saw it like very similar to Smallville, but this episode of what, which in, in that episode. It was a good episode. It was a fine yeah. episode. It was different. Yeah. They, you know, from the series Norm. Yeah. I thought the two actresses that played They looked Alex like them. And, and Kara were... Eerie. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Like, normally when there's a fat flashback into a child, there's not a lot of resemblance. They've just like, hired those were... the best kid actor they could find. Um, and these two girls were believable. They looked the part of the character that, as we know it, and I mean, their acting was was fine. Which, in a weird uh, spinoff thing, the actress that played Kara is going to be a character on um, season four of I Zombie, since I Zombie can't um, join the rest of the yeah. CW. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Going with this episode, one thing that I thought was very strange about Monel is in the comic book uh, <coughs> last version that I know of Monel or Valor or whatever you want to call him, he was frozen in the Phantom Zone for a thousand years. Right, and they're like, "Oh, that's totally unbelievable! <laughs> it's only been because seven the Phantom years." Phantom Zone is real. Yeah. Like, that was just completely unbelievable. Yeah, this was just a way to get him as if he's coming from the future. Yeah. But, like, they couldn't say, Seven like, entire years. He's, he's existed all this time without her. It's just seven years. I never liked that Monel character. I was happy I to see either. him written off. I think they're dating in real life. Yes, yeah. but him coming back adds nothing for me for that show. But he, now he's married to Saturn Girl, which but is completely the, off. But they... Oh, really? Yeah. They... Spent, what, three, four, five episodes with her getting over him. Yeah. Yeah. And we're finally to that point where she can move on and, and then we have to bring him back immediately. It. Yeah. And also have a love triangle, of course. And then that woman came out, I'm like, oh, that must be his wife. And then the end, like, Kara, I have to tell you something. I'm married. Dun, dun, dun. I was like, oh, I thought, you know, half hour ago, I assumed that that was what was going on. <laughs> Personally, I thought the best part of this episode was, <laughs> The reverse Superman origin story of 
the world killer, like, going out into the desert instead of in Antarctica or Alaska or wherever Superman goes in the very... Is it Superman 2, I think? But anyway, I swear, I think she is wearing the exact same style clothing that he is when he goes out into the ice and throws his crystal and creates the Fortress of Solitude. Mm-hmm. In this episode, she has something similar because she goes and finds her mother that raised her. And it's almost like to a T, the Superman origin story of she brings him back to the shed and shows her the ship and a crystal pops out and she takes it. This time she's in the desert and throws it in the desert and it creates a desert fortress of, they called it something else, sanctuary. Um, yeah, I think sanctuary. 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 Yeah. And then the woman, uh, hologram gives the exact same Jorel speech, but it's the, like, some of the words are changed and like, she's like, you're the world killer, you'll, and then she activates some kind of code and she turns into rain. Uh, so, uh, remind me again when that, who that character is and when they popped up. Rain? In the comics? Or? Yeah. Well, they've changed that character. It's but like they're is it a real classic character, or is it somebody newer? It's this a, is a newer character. This came from character. God, like twenty ten, I, I, I think I read. Okay, then this is from the the um, run of Teen Titans, where a few variations ago, I think Jeff Johns was writing it, where they meet their future selves. Mm. And then there's a character called Rain that is like, he's actually in the comic, I think she is from Mars. Like, I think she's a white Martian. Okay. But what they're doing with her here, they're turning her into Lady Doomsday. We had a couple other little Easter eggs on the last episode. They, they referenced Chloe mm-hmm. and her wall of weird. Oh, wow. So that we've integrated nice. Smallville a little Even bit. Even though she's in a sex cult right now. <laughs> I didn't know if we'd bring that up. But <laughs> I'll totally bring it up. <laughs> Dang it, Chloe! <laughs> yeah, so uh, the actress but from anyway. Smallville is... <laughs> may or may not. You can Alleged- look it up online. Allegedly. Yes. Allegedly. Branding her initials into yes. people. Allison into- Mack. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He That name... <laughs> He knows. He's a no man. problem there. <laughs> he's got Chloe permanently ingrained, just like he's branded. Do <laughs> you have a brand somewhere? I'm not jealous. <laughs> and we also had uh, the the lady comes in as a special agent, and she says, "I'm Agent Noel oh, Neal, yeah. who is the actress who played Lois Lane in the George Reeves Superman series." I was. I was completely dumbfounded by that, of her portraying, like, making her look like her mother. That made no sense. Because, I mean, she's reprising the role of um, the actress that portrayed her mother before, Mm -hmm. and put her mother and her aunt. Oh, you're Um, talking about... um, Smallville's Lois Lane. Erica Erica Durant. Durant. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she is taking over for that role. Yeah. Um, Which made me realize how long ago Smallville was. Yeah, because she's not <laughs> aged very well. Now, Michael, she she's she needs to work out a little bit more. Michael, wow. on her face, <laughs> on her face. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. 
All right, so what happened on Flash? Okay, Where so... Where everyone is worked out amazingly beautifully. Yes. What's weird about Flash? When Harry met Harry. Oh, that was the, great. The Council of Wells. The Matthew McConaughey of Wells. <laughs> Ooh, my CW app went off. <laughs> my third major. Are you talking about him? Yeah. Um, How yeah. much did you like the Council of Wells? It was a... I thought it was a fine idea. Um... There should have been more of them. They could have done a little bit better job on the cyborg one. It was that was pretty so, cheesy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The steampunk look. He looked like he was like, like they could have got a cosplayer to do a better costume for him. It reminded me of the uh, the alien from the Phantom Menace, the techno union guy. He talked with a robot, anyways. Um. So yeah, but. By far, the saving grace of the Flash is Ralph Dibney right now. He does a great job, which was weird he wasn't in the last episode. They didn't even act like he existed in the last episode. (laughs) (laughs) Although, in the last episode, Flash did his signature move. He pearl-muttered somebody. He stole DeVoe's coffee cup and stole his DNA. <laughs> We're bringing, bringing it all back around. That is a classic Perlmutter move. He stole his enemy's DNA without him knowing it. Hashtag Perlmutter. Which, with the villain DeVoe, the thinker, it's weird. Where is Belle and Biv? <laughs> I've been wondering Where's that who? the whole time. Where's who? Belle and Biv. In fact, is that girl poison? <laughs> yes, I was in poison. Girl, I must warn you. I sense something strange in my mind. Yo. Can, can somebody answer, answer a question for me? Not seriously. <laughs> when did Iris take over as team captain? They had to give her something when to Barry do. When Barry was gone. In the but, speed like, she's a reporter. Like, what skills does she have? Like, she has it would reporting be, skills. It would be better if Joe sat down and barked out orders. At least he's a detective. Well, Joe's gonna have a baby, and he's busy. And Michael, you've been after all this woke yeah. talk. You've like reverted. No, you don't think be, a woman. You don't think no. a woman can lead a team. Uh-huh, Caitlin uh-huh. Snow could lead that team with both of her personalities. But she's evil. No, she's half evil. No, yes. She switches back and forth. <laughs> that would be that. Oh. And so does Iris half the time. She flips out yeah, for no reason true. about stuff. No. no, yes, no, yes. Yeah. Um. But anyway. Yeah. All I really yeah. care about this season is the the elongated man. Yeah. And, that and he was bit- starting to wear on me a little bit as like, okay, he's always snarky and he's always out for himself, yeah. but like. He's turning the corner to be more of a hero, right? Which I like. That episode with Black Bison did flesh out his character. It a really bit. did. Um, it, it, much the way season one, he he does bring the a, a lot of humor to the you know his stupid outfit that Cisco invents for him, and and his uh, like when they were the mugger that comes up and shoots him, and the bullet just you know that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, flaps back into him twice. 
and shoots him in the the robber and the uh, the mugger in the butt. So all that stuff, I'm I'm loving. Give me more, he, Ralph. Even though he's so douchey, he does bring a lightheartedness back to right, him. right. Yeah, uh, it's weird because I feel like the Thinker is a Golden Age Flash villain originally, and it seems like they keep bringing back Golden Age Flash villains as Flash's villains, which I don't understand because Flash has such a wide variety of rogues and why they. Yeah, bringing these I, I wonder, are characters. they not allowed to use, I mean, I guess they've used Mirror Master and that's some of yeah. those things, but like, are they trying to save some of these for the movie or? But now, but that's the great thing that's going on with the DC universe is it seems like you can have your TV version and your movie version, just like Deathstroke. Like, um, I remember like an arrow, they killed off, um, Deadshot because he was going to show up in, the movie, but it seems like we can have Deathstroke, so maybe they're allowing that to happen now. I'm just, I've been really annoyed by the product placement, or the Microsoft Surface. <laughs> every, the flash. every problem they have, they have to get on their Microsoft Surface and use its kickstand and look how easily this goes. And I, I, it's, it's funny that we brought up Smallville, but that was something that I remember so much in Smallville of every car, every truck yep. that pulled up, I was like, you're a farmer. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, they were like, like back in the Riverdale days when we had the, was the cover girl, the makeup, every, we get yeah. a, we get a real up close shot of them putting on the makeup. This one, we get, oh, Cisco's using the stylus to, to scroll through his screen. Yeah. Oh, look at the, look at the, you know, pick the number of pixels on that screen. <laughs> That's funny. I guess I didn't notice. I'm usually good at that, but. Well, they're doing the, those stretched scenes. I don't know if that's on, just online or whatever. They're doing a couple little, a couple extra minutes with Ralph Dibney doing something and it's like brought to you by Microsoft Service. So. Oh. So there you go. More yeah. Ralph. All um, for it. Legends. What'd you say? It said Legends. Legends. <laughs> I'll bring, I'll quickly talk about it. We're going Arrow. chronologically. <laughs> We're still on Tuesday night. Legends. Oh, Tuesday night. Legends. I'm behind. I am too. What about, uh, you gotta, actually, um, well, I, the, I made sure I watched the episode earlier today where they um, introduced the Red Tornado characters, Zatara or whatever they called her, Zara something. Zari? Zari. Zuri, who knows. But She's anyway. supposed to be the Red Tornado? What? Have That's you what you said. Are you not watching this? I've seen Zara, but I didn't know she was supposed to be the red tornado. Well, she flew up in a freaking tornado. Like was she's it using red? red tornado's powers. <laughs> Who else uses tornadoes? She's not a robot. I'm thinking this is a version. What what is she called? Do you you've caught it's up It's Isis, right? Is it Isis? I don't know. She's Zari. Ah. <laughs> anyway, is this, I, no, she's supposed to be Isis. Is it okay? But they're not going to use that name for I wonder why. obvious reasons. Anyway, because there's the episode where they're all in costume, and she had like look kind of Egyptian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's well, true. that was the whole reason why I watched the episode because I had fallen asleep during this episode, so I went back and made sure to watch it because of I saw the promo with the crisis on Earth X that's coming up yeah, next week, which so. we should talk about in a minute. We will. But the, I think <laughs> the last instead, instead of air, yeah, instead of air. The last thing I watched was the um, continuation of Firestorm. Jax wants to be split up from the Firestorm mate, or split 
Stein up from the Firestorm Matrix in order for him to go back and be with his family. And I think the actor wants written off the show, yeah, maybe. I'm pretty sure. Because his role has been really reduced lately. Yeah. Well, and they keep doing missions like... Professor Stein, you stay on the ship. Jack, right. get a gun and go out and do stuff. It's right. like, yeah. why are you not together? Why That's you your whole thing. Storm. Yeah. But I felt like this episode, and I really felt that way because this last episode, uh, Professor Stein, they, they switch bodies. Jacks and Stein, their, mind, their minds go into each other's bodies. Classic. And classic. And then when they are able to form star, uh, Firestorm. Stormfire? Stormfire. That's what he should be called because it's backward. Yeah. Um, when, when they're able to form, it's Professor Stein, his head and body oh. in the suit as Firestorm. So he's, you know, doing, and Jax is in his head and he's doing the controlling or whatever, which I thought, well, that's a good way to go yeah. out. Like give him, let him be in the suit for the character. Was it the same stu- suit? Or yeah, 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 yeah. No. It's just, they should have flipped well, the colors not, or it's something. obviously fit. To yeah. him, but <laughs> there was a sizable difference. Um, but yeah, I thought that would that would be a good way to give him a last hurrah as the character. He gets to finally be the face of the character, Which, and we'll move on. That would be okay because in the comic, there is a time where they separate, right? And there's the whole Firehawk. It wasn't yeah. a Firehawk. Well, if you go back to like the '80s, like the um, Professor Stein. Separates from from Ronnie, and Ronnie becomes this more um, fiery type being that is like. Back in those days, they were trying to say he was more of an elemental. I, I remember that, yeah. So, anyways, it could happen. Yeah, but go on with your Stephen Amell crush. He's the bomb. I He's might on be, the list. I might be ordering wine off of his. Wine company. <laughs> anyway. You're, you're shipping his shows. You're drinking his wine. Team, team Arrow. I actually really like that show. It has a team. Like, they have a whole team. They play very well together. It's, I don't have a lot of complaints about it. Mm-hmm. I, Interesting. I, okay, moving on. <laughs> Seth's not here. You can talk as long as you want about Arrow. What's the hair, hippie? Uh, <laughs> but like the last ep- I did not get to see the Thanksgiving episode because the freaking CW app kept crashing a day. But they they've been having this where he's given up the cow of Green Arrow because he has a son now to Diggle to Diggle, which I've never understood because so doesn't Diggle. Diggle has a little boy also. Oh, okay. But whatever. <laughs> he used to be a little girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's been running around as the arrow with a crossbow. What? Um, yeah, like they've oh like because Felic- he couldn't do the arrows and it was being mm. noted. So Felicity created this crossbow um, that could shoot arrows just like if the arrow was doing it. So he's been running around in the hood. But see, Diggle has had this shrapnel stuck in his shoulder that. All the ways from the island blowing up that has been giving him tremors, so he's been taking this drug to make him oh, perfect. Oh. While they find out this drug dealer that they're chasing called How the Dragon would be a drug addict. That the villainous or villain, the villain that is playing the dragon on Arrow is Fl- Flum. Is that a word? 
from Fringe, which I was like, great to dragon. I have no clue, but this actor, I don't know if that's something from DC oh, okay. Comics or not. Uh, but anyway. Richard Dragon? No, he's a drug manufacturer in this. So he's, it's not Richard Dragon. I know who you're talking mm-hmm. about. That's the only dragon yeah. I know. But anyway, so uh, Diggle is trying to protect the drug dealer while also trying to take him out so he can still be the arrow. So anyway... They're trying to hurry up and get Arrow back into Stephen Amell back into the Arrow costume because of next week's Crisis on Earth X, where we right. see Earth Fifty Three, yeah. the Nazi world. The Nazi world. Nothing good can come out of that. And due to budget constraints, the doppelgangers will wear masks. That was all pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, the one thing I noticed in the the photos out of the photos they released, the preview, the teaser, there's a group shot that includes the Ray, mm. a live action Ray. What is he for? Is he on Arrow? Well, because Blue Ribbon that has done the Vixen cartoon on CW, mm-hmm. they are doing a cartoon of Earth X of Ray and the Freedom Fighters. Ray is from the Freedom Fighters. Okay, so the the Ray and the Freedom Fighters are from that Dimension X. Yes, and th- that's what they're gonna. Okay, go from here is he will show up in the cartoon, okay. and it looks really good because it, it's basically where World War Two the Nazis won. Okay. However, the costume I saw in that shot looked... It didn't look the greatest. It looked like yeah. we made it ourselves. Like, But it looked authentic to the comic book version. That helps. Where he's just like in a jacket? Like, he's in a yeah. jacket and he has the gold helmet. Yeah. But the helmet was so off-putting to me. I was like, what? It might need, I, I didn't even... I was like, who is that? It might not be casted right to his head in that shot. I think they cast it to your head. <laughs> So, anyways, upcoming the four-part crossover crisis on Earth X. Yes. I, now, this I am. Ex- I was enjoy oh, yeah. highly enjoy the crossover, the big crossover episodes. Um, and has my- there like, again? Has there ever been anything in TV land where you have had four shows that no, crossover with each other? Yeah, this is all encompassing. I feel yeah. like this is you know very much that Marvel thing that they're doing on the big screen. DC is doing on the little screen. We've built our wor- our worlds. Now we're combining um, and bringing everyone together to defeat the undefeatable villain. And speaking of building that world, we've got a debut date for Black Lightning. Oh, wonderful. Uh, I was C- just thinking about that. CW announced, because all these shows will go on hiatus for the holidays, and they just announced when they're mm-hmm. all going to come back. So January 16th is the return of The Flash. So that'd be a Tuesday night. So that'd be Supergirl. Would they be back on the fifteenth on Monday? So after you know, I'm guessing at least a couple weeks we'll be on hiatus. Maybe even after this crossover, yeah, we'll probably go into reruns mm-hmm. throughout the holidays. So January fifteenth, Supergirl will be back. January sixteenth, when the Flash comes back, and Black Lightning will premiere right after that at nine p.m., taking the spot of Legends. And it says Legends will return in February on a new night and time. Oh wow! So the thing I read said Legends. There are fewer episodes of Legends every season. Mm-hmm. The other episode, the other shows have twenty some episodes. Legends has like seventeen. Mm. So they can take a longer hiatus, but still end at the same time as gotcha. the other ones if they do some other big event or whatever. So 
I don't know what that means for ratings or yeah. whatever, but yeah, they're gonna see with like for budget constraints, like yeah, that sure, show, yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, they're giving Black Lightning the best possible lead, and Flash is the sh- is the network's highest rated show. So we're gonna go right from Flash right. to the new Black Lightning, and because Legends with will be Legends, back at some we point. did see ratings upkick when they moved to that same slot. Um, I just I have to assume this is the last season of Arrow. I don't. Think I think so. we've said that for three straight I, seasons. It's they have been able to pull it out every single time. And it's, I'm not saying Arrow's bad. I'm just saying I think it's had its run. And if I'm Warner Brothers, I want to look into bringing more shows in, like Black Lightning, more characters in, like Ralph Dibney. There, there was a point in time where I would say, yeah, okay, Arrow's time to set sail. Go back to the island. But they've figured out a way to rejuvenate that character and keep him going and involving the evolution of that character every season where it it starts to stall, but it rejuvenates itself by the end of the season. So I would say it will go – I'm going to say right now it will go at least 10 seasons. Surely not. It's what, what, what season but, is it in now? Well, Six? look at Supernatural. I mean, what season are they in? 13? <laughs> they do call it the Arrowverse. It would be weird if Arrow yeah. wasn't around. Any other TV? Uh, The Gifted. Ooh. We gotta talk about The Gifted. After we slogged on it a little bit yeah. last week. It came roaring back, yeah. I felt like. <laughs> Took it personally. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, this past episode, we found uh, Reed and, and his father, who had worked, had a history of working and retired from Trask Industries. Which, if you need a horrible father on your TV show or movie, cast Raymond J. Barry. <laughs> it was Raylan's dad on Justified is just a horrible human being. And also, uh, Dewey Cox. Yeah. Walk Hard, the Dewey mm-hmm. Cox story. Does anyone else love that movie as much as me? I don't love it. it. It's pretty dang good. <laughs> the wrong kid died. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Reed seeks out his father who's an old man now. Do you course. love country music so much? I, I, I know not, you would how think. How do you not that, like Walk Hard? Yeah. Especially that, you know, that older country Sorry. Um, so he seeks out his father, him and, and, uh, Thunderbird, and we get a whole backstory, um, connecting Reed's two kids, who are the central mutant characters, to a famous, um, set of twins in the X-Men world that, uh, apparently was, was in this in this version would have been Reed's grandfather and great aunt um, called Fenris. And of course they are the Van Strucker twins. We, we noted Andrea and Andrus yes. Von Strucker, which we noted earlier when we started watching this show, why the name Strucker, we know, yeah. you know, Von Strucker, but we don't know is this related or how or whatnot. So we got an answer. Um, which I really enjoyed the story though. And the whole thing with, uh, you know, his, his, Reed's dad, uh, gave him work developed an anti serum to the mutant gene and tested it out on him so he wouldn't be a mutant. Yeah, so we have to assume 
Reed was destined to be a mutant. Yes. And his dad, thinking he was helping him, took away his mutant powers as a child. Right. Which destroyed their family. Right. So I thought it was, um, for once, I thought it was the actor that plays Reed. I'm not, you know, he's like cardboard half the time. Um, but I, but we got some emotion, uh, from him and a great backstory. And I love the ending. I love the part where he says, have they held hands? And I was like, Oh, okay. And then they're it all, they bring it all back around at Which the that's end. That's the, the Fenris, their mutant power. They each have a mutant power. But when they are in Combined. contact with each other, it, it, it grows exponentially. Which, I don't know, Seth may know these characters a little better. They've been Avengers villains. Yeah. X-Men villains and Avengers villains. I don't know much about them. Really, my, my main memory of the character, the, the female died. And this was, I think, during the Dark Reign era. And the male became the new swordsman. And he took her skin and tanned it. And wrapped the handle of his sword with it, so that when he used so his he sword, could, he could be in contact. So I was like, "Yeah, that's that's, that's gonna, disgusting." Yeah, because that's, that's stuck in my head. All, I don't know these characters very well, but that stuck in my head all these years. That's some like, Frank Castle level yeah. <laughs> gruesomeness right there. Which I doubt we'll get to on primetime Fox lineup. Yeah. I doubt we'll go that far. But, but yeah, I thought um, overall we were, we were getting some explanation on the. The mutant hounds um, and what happened to those people and how they're controlling them, um, using drugs, this drug through them. Um, I, I don't know. I've really, it hasn't been, they haven't all been great episodes, but I've really enjoyed this first season so far of The Gifted. Um, and that's coming from somebody that's not a huge Marvel comics person, so... I thought they've done well. So would you guys rate this as good as Legion or better? No. Nowhere close to Legion. I so Legion was better. Legion, this is more just enjoyable to sit down and watch. Like, I've missed a couple episodes, and I don't feel like I've really missed right. anything. So if nothing else is on, you'll watch this, where, basically. Where Legion, you have to pay attention, and you've okay. got to, you know, you've got to get Seth's notebook out and take some serious notes about that. This... To me, it feels very much like a Fox X-Men movie on the television. Mm. Okay. We have established characters. We're going to just throw them all in together and forget everything that, you know, has happened. We're just going to make it whatever we want. And it's interesting. They've pulled so many mutants out. Like, we've got Blink and and Polaris and Mm. Thunderbird. Like, they aren't top-tier names, but they're, they're, they're... their names and they're we, we've got a good mix of them now and yeah. it's, they're forming a nice ensemble cast yeah. and a nice they don't use their powers very much but yeah. <laughs> when they finally do at some point it'll be exciting they introduced a a new um a new mutant named esme i know that name i meant to look it up but i couldn't i couldn't remember uh my understanding it's from the uh the cuckoos okay i thought that's the, the, the first thing cuckoos? one of the step for cuckoos is that, is that right okay so she's one of them. Okay, one of the psychic sisters. Yes, yes. So, yeah, I mean, and that's what it is, really. It's not big-name mutants. Um, it's a world where the X-Men and the Brotherhood are have disappeared. They're gone. Um, the government is openly, you know, there's open discrimination against mutants because it's an X-Men story. 
and there is a sentinel services out there hunting them down and, and trying to use them against, against their own kind. So, yeah, watch the gifted. And Arrow. <laughs> and Riverdale. <laughs> Anything else, TV? Comics. How can you read this? There's no pictures. Well, some people use their imagination. Well, I must hurry back to my comic book store where I dispense the insults rather than absorb them. It happens all the time. Read a comic book, okay? <laughs> hey, Jordan. Yeah. Herm. <laughs> what do you mean, Michael? Well, I hear that you've been selling a lot of beans lately. <laughs> <laughs> I We joked over Messenger... Because I got in uh, t- Tuesday in my shipment, I got Doomsday Clock, the new DC comic uh, where Watchmen gets integrated into the DC universe. And they sent me these cool buttons to give away that look like they're the bright yellow, they're not a smiley face, it's like a clock face, and at noon is the Superman logo. So everybody who bought a copy got one of these buttons, and I sent you guys a picture to show them off, and I said if I... I was like, I could give these away or I could start, I could give beans away. I don't know, making some kind of joke about Rorschach. <laughs> and then the longer I sat there thinking, I was like, I should go get a can of beans. You should have. You should have. I was just like, going to like leave it on the counter. Case of beans. So it is two days, it's Tuesday before Thanksgiving. I'm like, am I really going to go to the grocery store tonight and <laughs> fight through a crowd of people to buy a can of beans? Which, if just it was, for a joke. Yeah, if, if this was yes, me, I, I would not think twice. Like, <laughs> I would have thought, oh, I have this genius idea. I'm going for it. Who cares? But for Jordan, yeah. this is like a struggle. I don't make special trips for <laughs> cans of beans. But yeah, I ran out. And then I spent five minutes in the aisle. I want the cheapest can of beans possible. And there's 17 rows of beans. I was like, where are the baked beans? I could not find... Like Kroger brand, yeah. baked Cliff beans. and I can attest to the rows and rows oh, of beans. Yes. Oh, oh, we've yeah. got green beans, we've got kidney beans, we've got lima beans, we've got Jelly navy beans. beans. It's like, where are the baked Pinto beans? Pinto beans. I can only find the you know, fancy, fancy Black brand. Bush beans. All Bush the cheap brand. ones are sold yeah. out, bud. It's the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah. What do you expect? So, I spent more than I wanted to. <laughs> Damn beans! And of course, Kroger only has one line open two days before Thanksgiving. Like, thank you, Kroger. Uh, what were we talking about? Beans. Tuesday clock. Yes. So, what uh, happened Wednesday morning? So, yeah, this comic we've talked about it a little bit. I think yeah. with Rebirth and all that. You know, we had the button leading up to it, and but there hasn't been a whole lot of buzz about this. Evidently, but. my best friend in the whole wide world, Jordan Lowe, did not. Save me a copy. Have you ever read Watchmen? Yes. Okay. Well, did you have an antidote there? (laughs) (laughs) I had the antidote. (laughs) Uh, Go back and watch the Justice League episode or listen to it. That was my antidote. You're right. Yeah, I watched it. No, I didn't think you gave a crap. But I also didn't expect to run out. I ran out the day it came out. When I opened Wednesday morning... I flipped the open sign. There's a guy standing on the sidewalk waiting to get in. Within the first five minutes, I had two other people come in looking for it. I had an email. I had a phone call. Literally before 10 after, I had five people reserving these books. I was like, where did you people come from? And they weren't regulars. They weren't people. I've had some people add it to their pull list, but not a ton. 
So I realized very early in the day I do not have enough of these. And I ordered pretty heavily on I, I said I ordered more than I did of metal, which we've talked about nonstop right. for three weeks, four weeks now on the podcast. I ordered more of these than I did metal. And at about 10 to 7 when I was ready to close, the last guy through the door bought the last copy. So I completely sold out the day it came out. It was Black Wednesday. <laughs> I made more money on Wednesday than I did on Black Friday, that's for sure. But... uh how much do you guys want to know about it? Should we? I want to know. Just spoil. Yeah. We're not going to get it copies. Yeah, so. <laughs> sold out. Yeah, you got to wait for the what second. What the hell inning. now? Spoiler warning. All right, Jeff Johns and Gary Five, Frank. Four, three, two, one. Spoil it away. <laughs> I thought we were starting over. That's how we usually start. <laughs> I'm Michael Case. I was counting down the Doomsday Clock. Okay, uh, I- I'm not going to spoil. Spoil, but I'll give it a little bit. Um. This felt a lot like Watchmen. Um, in the way before Watchmen never really did. Yeah. There were some good series, some bad series, but even the best ones didn't feel a lot like Watchmen. This one really kind of nailed it. The writing, not so much. There might be a reason for that, uh, not to get too spoilery, but it's kind of narrated by Rorschach. It didn't quite sound right, but the art... I don't know that anyone else could do, you know, Gary Frank, you're familiar oh, with his yeah. work. He did ultra, a wonderful Superman run. Yeah, ultra detailed work. A lot of these nine panel grids, super detailed. There's no way this book's going to ship on time. There's that much, I mean, even if he's been working on it for months and months. You've this, heard it first. Yeah, this book is going to be late quick because this was an oversized issue. It took me a long time to read. There was a lot to Ooh, get through. So it's dense. And the also. back had like newspaper clippings, like the original. There was extra stuff. There was a, a menu from a diner, like just little Easter eggy things to you can kind of pour over and see if there's any clues in them. But yeah, the art was phenomenal. The story, eh, I don't know yet. It's we're still kind of setting things up. Um it's basically a sequel to Watchmen. Which is almost so, impossible. Add that to my pull list now. Okay, second printing. Yes, yeah, second printing <laughs> and the rest of it. Okay. But it is set, it opens November 22nd, 1992. Ooh. So the original one is set in October of 85. So this is several years mm-hmm. after. Yeah. You know, what, you know, the, we've all seen the movie, so you at yeah. least know what happened. So the, they avert Doomsday. Rorschach is killed by Dr. Manhattan. So it starts out in 1992 with Rorschach's journal, basically recording in the watch for in the Watchmen universe. In the Watchmen universe, we see no sign of any of the other DC heroes until the very end. Um, and Rorschach goes and recruits Mime and Marionette. Um, these are Charlton characters. Okay. So much like the other, mm-hmm. the Charlton characters were Punch and Julie. Okay. So now they've been watchmanized. Uh-huh. Trademark. Yeah. As the mime and the marionette. So the mime, he needs the mime for something. And her husband is in jail, I think. She's somewhere. They have to go rescue him because she won't go without him. And he doesn't want him, but that's the, the whole first issue is basically getting her on board for something. Um, so they, they've used Punch and Julie very recently in, uh, Tom King's Batman run. They were members of the Suicide Squad. They introduce these two. They're dressed like clowns with big, you know, hats with bells on them and stuff. So, um, they've brought in these char- the actual Charlton characters. Okay. But these two versions have kind of been, you know, yeah, modernized or whatever you'd call it. 
So, and they're like, who are you? You, Rorschach's dead. He's like, I'm Rorschach. And they, they don't believe that it's him and we don't know what's going on. Uh, so at one point he takes his glove off and we see he's a black man. Oh. So it's not Walter Kovacs. Yeah. In the suit and the mask. So the hints have been going willy nilly of who this could be because the original Watchmen does not have a lot of uh, diverse cast. There's sure. only a handful of characters that are African American. Would it be the psychiatrist? Um, the that's the, the psychiatrist. And I've seen like in one scene he has a mug that says like "World's Greatest Dad" or something. So he he has a son apparently at home that we never see. There is the news vendor and the young kid who reads the pirate comic, mm-hmm. but they're both killed at the end by the monster, uh, as is the psychiatrist. But they're saying, well, in this scene, his eyes are open, like he could have survived the blast. Uh, we don't know. We don't know who it is, mm-hmm. but uh, the the speculation is, yeah. is going wild on the internet today. Of who Herm. Be. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he does not say Herm. And like the first panel, it's like H H H or T T. He just goes or t-. like huh. he, he, that's, that's immediately new. like you're like yeah. that's not yeah. that's not Rorschach. He doesn't yeah. say Herm, so immediately you're kind of clued in that it might not be the original guy. So hmm. if you were wondering how could Rorschach still be alive, well, he's not. We got a new one. So and then at the end, we get a little hint about Superman having some weird visions and things. So. It's all coming together, but huh. we, don't, we don't quite know how just yet. Well, you had posted Wednesday about selling out mm. on Facebook. You'd made it on your personal page. And I just want to read this quote real quick from one Jordan Lowe on the fact that he had sold out of, of all the copies of Doomsday. And it says, all the nerds and fanboys will look up and shout, save us a copy. And I'll look down and whisper, no. <laughs> That got more likes than any comment I've ever put on Facebook. So, and then of course Bucky had to ask, "Why the baked beans?" <laughs> on the I posted, a different that, generation. I posted that to the asylum page. It's like I'm not going to answer that, Bucky. I'm not going to dignify that with an answer. But well, before I could comment, one of my customers was like, "It's Rorschach, man! Come on!" <laughs> Next time he comes in, you slap down the biggest oversized copy of Watchmen and yeah. say, you must, you must purchase this for your ignorance. <laughs> or never walk through these doors again. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple other quick comic things. Uh, Editor-in-Chief Axel Alonso is out at Marvel. He has been Editor-in-Chief since 2011. There's not really any details, no decision, uh, no reasoning has been given for the decision. No announcement. He's not like leaving to go do something else. They haven't announced what his next plan is, but there's been a lot of speculation. Yeah, chatter that you know things aren't going great for Marvel, and it's like you know baseball team. You got to fire the manager if the, te- yeah. the team's not going well. You got to fire the manager. Sounds like they're handing it off to good hands, though. Uh, yeah, CB Sabolski. He's been around Marvel since 2002 in a lot of different jobs. Uh, he's currently. In Shanghai right now working on Disney related projects. Mm-hmm. So they gotta fly him in from Shanghai to take over the, the Marvel world. But that's, if you listen to angry internet fans, everything is Axel Alonso's fault. <laughs> Just like in DC, fire Dan Didio, he's right, terrible. Right. So the fans got their wish, Axel is gone. 
Axel's also responsible for some of the best stuff Marvel ever did. He started the Marvel Knights line that really revitalized Daredevil and the Punisher and all these characters. So, uh, he did a lot of good things, but he's taken a lot of blame for stuff. But, uh, DC's not off the hook either. They fired Eddie Berganza. Has anyone heard that name before? Say that again. Eddie Berganza? Berganza? Oh, yeah. Like, he's out. He's, yeah. He's a disgusting little turd of life. Allegedly. From what I've read. Allegedly. I'm, I'm just cut. <laughs> you say whatever you want to say. It has been an open secret for literally years that he has harassed women. Uh, there was a story went around. He, he, he flirted with the wife of a freelancer at some Comic Con party and like pushed her up into a corner. Like, it's been out for a long time. This guy has had trouble with women. Uh, and then of course he goes to, you know, counseling or whatever. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's just comic fans who knew this. Yeah. And there have been female creators who wouldn't work for DC. It's like, if I'm, if he's my editor on this book, I'm not going to DC. Like it has caused yeah. problems for years and DC has kind of not really said anything about it and tried to sweep it under the rug. And, but he kept getting promoted. He kept working. And they say he's a good editor. He gets the books out and he does a good job and that's why they didn't want to let him go. But there's been this string of problems throughout his career and as the, the current the climate waves are pushing that direction, he had to go. So again, it might be five years too late, but the action is being taken. Well, I like to reference Dan. Oh, jeez. Starts with a D. Yeah, the Dido, 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 Dido. Yeah, I was gonna say it right the first time anyway. Dido, eleven hours ago on whatever you guys know what I'm talking about on Facebook said some dot some days I don't recognize this world and miss the days when all your problems could be solved with a simple punch to a transdimensional wall. Is he talking about Eddie Braganza? No, but it fits. <laughs> we'll make it fit. Dido the singer. <laughs> we'll hammer it in there. I just wanted to be cool like Cliff and read something off Facebook. Topical. Awesome. Get it? Topical. Awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, our little world of comics is not immune from all these same nope. problems. Nope. And it's, uh, we ain't done yet. It's yeah. gonna, we're gonna hear more and more names still, so. Yeah, and with, Seth wasn't here, so I didn't bring up the John Lasseter news. Oh, right. We posted about some uh, some similar news there, and I'm sure Seth will probably want to talk it talk about it to trash Disney at some and point smirk, and smirk while he right. does it. Exactly. So I didn't bring that up. I'm sure we'll come up next episode when he's back, along with um, also I'm sure we'll cover the Runaways. I know Seth has been. I didn't want to bring it up on uh, streaming or t- te- uh, television because. Uh, Seth has some stuff to say about the Runaways 2. You haven't watched we, it. I've finished the three episodes. Why are we episodes. catering so heavily to Seth? I don't know. If one of us misses, he barrels on through. That's true. But we are true. like, we're tiptoeing around like, what do you think Seth would want to do, you guys? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> this is your chance, Michael. He's not here. Nope. I've said enough. <laughs> Taking the high road. <laughs> Much like Superman in Justice League. <laughs> Ooh, bringing it all back around from last week. An S. It stands for hope. All right. What stands for hashtag? What do you got? Did you have any this week? You guys are hashtag. hashtag I had one, but I didn't type it in. I don't think. I have swear to row. Okay. So does so doesn't diggle. 
<laughs> or who you shipping? <laughs> well, you know, I'm going for the Superman one. Yeah. Swear to Rao works for me. Swear to Rao. Alright, so this episode brought to you by the hashtag Swear to Rao. If you would be so kind as to share this on any form of social media you use, please use that hashtag so people look at it and go, what are they talking about? I have to click on that and find out. It's our little trick. That's right. So, Michael. So, Cliff, where can they find us at? <laughs> he almost turns that right around. <laughs> um, If you don't mind, if you will, if you please... Seek us us out on iTunes and rate us five stars. Leave a review. If you leave a review, there's a good chance we're going to read it right on the next show. (laughs) Yeah, do you want to hear your name on a podcast? Right. That's how you do it. That's exactly how you do it. Or comment on the Facebook page like Mr. Jason Teasley did this week. Gave us a long opinion about the the CW shows. Yeah, so I put it out there just um, on on our Kapow page on Facebook about... You know, just where you stand. Uh, you know, we're into year of the Arrowverse year six now, and we're coming up on Black Lightning. We've had all these, another new series. We've had all these crossovers the last few, the last few years, and just what's going on with that. So immediately, we got a response from Jason Teasley. I think you just asked. Are you, are you sick of this yet, <laughs> or do you want more? Was the basic gist of the question. That I was believe. the gist of it. And he was assuredly sick of it. Yeah, so Jason said, uh, immediately he said, no, the entire Arrowverse is getting boring. Yeah, I saw something he said about that. Come on! So I asked for more. Do you think it's just too much or too long on television? Meaning, has it been, you know, have they, they worn out the whole universe? And he said it's oversaturated, the crossovers are forced when it's across the four series. I disagree, but what, you know, if, if more people would comment, we would read their comments too. I'd prefer it to sprinkle in cameos through the season. I mean, I loved Arrow, but the last two seasons are just cash grabs, Michael. Flash is solid until the season of Flashpoint now seems forced on things. Um... Where's the hope? Where's the love? And then he said he hasn't watched Legends yet. Um, like ever? Yeah, the entire se- series. Uh, but the others have kind of turned him off on trying to watch it due to the shoehorning of subject into the shows. But that's just him and his opinion. Well, we all have opinions. We certainly do, and we'd like to hear more of yours, so check out our Facebook page, um, drop us a note, you can find us on Twitter, at the Kapow Podcast, or the website, www.udownwithkpp.com. Michael, you can sign us out now. <laughs> As I raise my hand into the air and pronounce... Oh, call on him. <laughs> can I get a witness? I am the one with the greatest hope of all. I am the illustrious Michael K. Easton. I am confused, but so isn't Diggle. <laughs> and I'm not Seth, but I'll say it goodbye forever. Diggle, diggle, diggle. 
Kapow, the pop culture podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com.